0: Well <laughs>
1: Bitty schmookins, the robot's sexpot Stinky stinks so bad he smells We take turns
0: choosing the games that we review Even now
2: Gobble. Gobble. This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show that's brought to you every week free of charge from us. I'll get to the other half of that. We in a moment for WeTalkGames.com. Uh, <laughs> that's right. My co-host, the turkey man.
1: So. Can you imagine if your co-host was a like wild turkey? <laughs> oh, man. that Next year. we'll We'll have to save that. Yeah. Hey, it- man. Hey, man. Hey, man, it's hey man. me. Hey, man, it's Keith
2: and Kyle. Keith the Robo Duke, Kyle Von Kubik. Celebrating Thanksgiving.
1: We're doing a turkey game again this year, right? Like last year, we did Turkey Shoot. This year, we're doing willow.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can you swallow this one? <laughs> As you so fondly called this name when I was very excited to (laughs) review it, I was, oh, man, can we, me and Kyle, we got to do this one. I love this movie, and, and, you know, I never really played this arcade game, and you're like, yeah, let's do Swallow. Sounds good. (laughs) No turkeys, but turkeys do peck.
1: Oh, that's (laughs) (laughs) ham-fisted.
2: Or is it turkey-fisted in this
1: game? Oh, gosh.
0: Well, I I can't stop.
2: Oh, God. This is Willow released in 1989.
1: We're going to talk about today. Yes. By Capcom. A quick in because the movie came out in 1988. Yes. Let's save our dates for the uh, making mechanics, because I don't have many, and the film is one of them. Okay,
2: Yeah, freaking Willow. I never played this arcade game. I did, in passing, play the weird Nintendo port of Mm -hmm. Willow. Yes. Of this game that is a, a Zelda-ish kind of thing.
1: Right, functions completely differently. Yeah, not um, the same it, at all. Yeah, that's like the top-down, like you said, Zelda RPG. There's experience points and things in that game too, right? I believe there is. But this game is definitely not that. It's more of a running gun. It actually... Um, When you first start playing, or when I first started playing, I was like, this could have been a weird shmup-temper pick." Yeah, I did think that as well. As the game progressed, or as you switched characters, it didn't feel that way as much. But at the beginning, it felt very much like I was playing Mega Man.
2: That's what I was thinking. It came out in 1989, which is two years before the Super Nintendo came out here in America. Mm -hmm. But it feels like a really tight Super Nintendo game.
1: I agree. Except for the difficulty.
2: Yeah, except for very uh, big difficulty kind of a spike at at points in this game that also dips at other points in this game, I've noticed as well, mm-hmm. kind of later on. How about we jump over to T.T. Uh, Schmookins with some of her red snapper fact snap
1: chats and hopefully a string bean casserole recipe mm, with crispy onions.
3: Hello, I am Titish Khmutkins, and this is, Titish Snapstats. Willow was released in 1989 by Capcom. The cabinet only featured one channel, mono sound and also only allowed for mono players with a maximum number of two mono players. 1989 was all about mono. That's about as technologically interesting this game gets. I guess I'll give some pro player tits. If you fight, or when you fight Bavmorda, as the willow swallow character, you best use your tornado for offense and the magic shield for defense. It's also a good idea to try to not die. You can also hold down the attack button if you want to try and speed up all the bullshit during the cutscenes. Next thing you know, I'll be giving blow player blips on how to return a rancid hoagie. This titties shirt hat has been brought to you by the old Dr. Tung Tung's Tung Tung Sauce and by donations like you. Here's that fucking string bean recipe that I forgot about. Step 1, heat oven to 20 to 25 degrees Fahrenheit. In a one and a half gallon broken glass casserole baking dish, mix green beans, rice pudding, and a dash of mayonnaise. Bake for 350 minutes. Topping with some onions and crabgrass during last 50 minutes of baking. Wait for Uncle Bully. Serve lukewarm over diet milk and eat with a rusty nail. Here is Keith and Kyle, and more of the We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine program.
1: Thanks, TT. We give thanks for your snapper chats, stats.
2: The green bean casserole recipe I am sure to make this year to please my family.
1: So let's get into the making mechanics because we're dancing around. Obviously, the story of Willow, the game, is very much the story of Willow the film. And if you're not familiar with the film, it's like about a little guy and Val Kilmer and they have to save the baby. Yes. The evil witch. A
2: movie about a baby That is a sort of Jesus figure, like holy child princess that must be saved, has been kidnapped by the evil Bav Morda, who's just an evil witch. Yeah. And for some reason, played by uh, Warwick Davis, Mm -hmm. his character who.
1: Well, he didn't play the witch. He played Willow. He played Willow. I was going to say he's the one who
2: has to go stop the witch. His name is Willow of Good. Yeah, Willow of Good.
1: Of Good. Willow F good. You can tell George Lucas was involved
2: in this. Yes, that I I was about to get to. Yeah, if you you talk about Ham Fisted, uh, these movies by George Lucas, or Ham Faced in this case, it's weirdly a sort of spawn of him wanting to make Star Wars about little people in the first place.
1: Yeah. He, he had a heart saw, on midgets and was like, I want to do more work with them.
2: Yeah, he just, I guess, really enjoyed making Return of the Jedi and wanted to. I can see it in a way, him being that sort of like, "I, I you know, Warwick Davis, what a great guy. He's played all these small roles. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> in all these movies, I want to get him a starring role. And and yeah. so he gets the star in this movie alongside everyone's favorite Batman, Val Kilmer. Uh,
1: yeah. At, <laughs> we'll get to that later
2: yes as is mad martigan which is all one word i didn't realize until playing <laughs> yes. this game i thought his name was mad martigan but it's, nope. it's mad martigan yeah. one word he meets this thief
1: you know in the first draft the of way. the script he was called disparaged knight one word <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's very uncreative
1: i'm just saying
2: was it really no I'm, oh, wow no i balls. was imagining like placeholder mmm.
1: Well, Willow Offgood seems like placeholder as well. Well, Again, we're talking about George Lucas here.
2: Yeah. His his original name was Mad Matthew.
1: (laughs) Mad Uh Max Knight, but they were like, George,
2: no. (laughs) The movie's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's probably one of the best things George Lucas has done. Ever, (laughs) ever, without the help of anyone else coming in and reining him in and saying, no, 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 no. Don't try to make the dogs look like weird wear creatures with. Okay, you know what? Go ahead. Do it.
1: Sure. They look great, George. The dogs look great. Yeah, they'll they'll roll around with a giant flea and then babies will come out. That makes sense, George. You're the genius. You got
2: this. (laughs) Metachlorians. Yeah, sure. It's all blood. Yeah. It's what makes us special. And some of us, our blood's just not good enough.
1: Oh, that one character who's really uh, a fan favorite because nobody knows anything about him and make him a stormtrooper. That's cool. That's a great idea. Make him the most generic character in the Star Wars universe. Great idea. I mean, it was
2: even in Return of the Jedi where he was apparently I'd heard recently he was worried that Boba Fett was going to outshine Darth Vader. So that's why he just kills him off unceremoniously. because he was just like, no, we can't be bursted Darth Vader. We got to do something about this. So well, the embarrassment of there, hey, we're so this off.
1: could be, yeah, this, this could be a whole separate podcast that would run for years.
2: <laughs> I think that's a gold mine still waiting to be tapped because every nerd in the back of his mind is still like Lucas.
1: Oh, sure. Anyway, but, back to Willow. Yeah. So, go watch Willow. It's like the Hobbit, feel better but about- instead of a ring, it's a baby and there's things that happen, but it's very much a uh, high fantasy world. And with the game, really made me think about was how rich that universe is and i kind of would have liked to have seen more games inspired from it i like that it's you got your magic and the dwarves but it's not over the top either like it's it's very simple as far as there's this evil witch and she has these goons but we're not dealing with um i guess there are some monsters in the movie Oh, yeah. It's just not as deep as like the Tolkien universe, but it's still rich enough where I feel like there was there could be more stories told within this universe. I felt like the game did a good job of expounding upon the film a little bit, because if you want to talk about Star Wars, like the Star Wars games for the Super Nintendo or for the Nintendo, the way that they expounded upon what was happening on like Tatooine was giving Luke his lightsaber immediately and then him fighting like worms and stuff or crab monsters that are Darth Vader, but not Darth Vader. So it didn't really work where I felt like this game worked within the universe of the film.
2: Yeah, it has a lot to pull from from the movies with enough villains for bosses. They do invent one, I think, for the first level. It's kind of an invented boss of one of those aforementioned rat dogs being gigantic, but It is so weirdly faithful. It reminds me a lot of, as I said before, an SNES game, but more specifically something Capcom would make later, Mm -hmm. the Aladdin game for Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah, I got that vibe, Uh, particularly with the climbing mechanic in the game, which Willow and Mad Mardigan control very well. Yes. And there's a good kinetic with those sprites and how they traverse the levels with the climbing and jumping, which did remind me of Aladdin as well. So, yeah, I, I co sign that making mechanic. Definitely.
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's got the jump button and the attack button and the the charging as well. in it is very Mega Man X. It has that kind of big eyed vibe to it, which the characters don't look. They look enough like they do in the movies. You can look at them and say, that's Mad Marigan, that's Willow, but they're much cuter. They're nice, cute representations of them, which made me think of Aladdin. Even though yeah. those are cartoons, the cartoons, there's not much of a difference there. Where am I? Thinking? Oh, this is a weird pull, but uh, Hook by Sony for the Super Nintendo. Okay. Had this kind of vibe to it where it's. You can tell they're the characters from the movie, right. but they have their own Japanese, you know, soft edge design to everything. Yeah,
1: they're, it's a where it know. looks
2: enough like it, but it has its own flair, which I really like about this game because it's much more colorful than the movie. As you mentioned, the fantasy setting isn't; it's not as fancy as Lord of the Rings. It's much simpler. Right. It's a lot grittier. I prefer it.
1: I I do too. Actually, I don't. I don't need to figure out what the difference between a goblin orc or orakai is and please don't tell me i i do not give a shit <laughs> don't write in well it's- there were
2: all these other rings but we're just concerned about this one yeah we're kind of just concerned about this one so why are you telling me about all these other rings well it's really yeah. important to the plot that you know where these are
1: all- i'm good we keep touching on uh, another game that was in my making mechanics which is 1987's Mega Man by capcom I feel like this game plays a lot like a Mega Man game, particularly in its difficulty. But what's interesting about Willow in the arcade is that Willow can do the slide dash, which Mega Man could not do until two or three. Um, Three. Right. Wow. That. So they – And forgive my ignorance on this, but could you do a, a power
2: shot in the first uh, Mega Man? No. I, I like where you're going because I had the same feeling of – Did they come up with a bunch of ideas in this and then push it into Mega Man and other Uh,
1: games like Willow is doing a slide dash in this game? And also one of the big mechanics of the game is that you can hold down the attack button and charge your attack to turn it into a more powerful shot. Now, with Willow, he's constantly shooting. I guess it's the game's interpretation of the magic acorns, but they don't behave that way as far as – I believe in the film it turned things to stone. Um, Yeah, the game has to take some liberties to make the magic – to make it more fun. Right, but what happens is along the way you actually can buy items to make your charge shot a magic shot and so it either will be a burst or it'll be a tornado of fire or what looks like phantom blades coming out. I'm trying to describe these very rudimentary shapes that the power shot comes into, but when I was doing the charge shot and the sliding dash, I'm like, this is a Mega Man game. It's not prior to Mega Man the game, but it has the mechanics that would later be associated with Mega Man that the initial game did not have.
2: Yeah, I think even more Mega Man X because when you bring Mad martigan into it, Mad martigan There's controls a care. lot like Zero. Yes. So you yes. have your shooting guy and you have your sword guy. Years before Mega Man X would ever grace the Super NES, I know I'm making a lot of comparisons to things that came after it, but forgive me being the young boy here on the podcast. <laughs> well, the the only I do game- have another older pull too. Oh, I don't know okay. if you have it. I, I may. I, I'm, I'm just going to steal it if this is what it is, because it's one of my favorite games ever. Ghosts and Goblins, 1985.
1: No, you know what? I didn't tap that. I think Really? I got a good that comparison. with Willow. with Playing as Willow,
2: I got a real Ghosts and Goblins, you know, jump, shoot, 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 you know, as much as you can vibe to the
1: game. I agree with it. I just didn't think of it. I thought more about Wardner, which is a game we discussed a few months back, John and I, and we made many Willow comparisons. Only Wardner came out a year prior to the film Willow. And John and I mused about whether or not Taito was just quickly putting this game together so that they could release it prior to the film. Because the film was definitely in production in uh, 1987, but it's unclear.
2: Yeah, I'm sure a big deal because, I mean, he was hot on the heels of Howard the Duck. So
1: (laughs) everybody was just itching to see what George was
2: going to do next.
1: Yeah. Did Did you see that movie that George Lucas put out where that lady had... Sex with a duck? Duck boobs, man. Duck
2: boobs. Two words. Duck Duck
1: boobs. (laughs) Anyway, Wardner is very much the proto-Willow in the sense that they're both run-and-guns, kind of, or adventure platform games where shooting magic fireballs is a big mechanic – Wardner, I I think, is a little uh, on the easier side within the comparison of the two. But graphically, Wardner looks like the predecessor to this game where it's not as polished. You said Willow looks very much like a Super Nintendo game. I agree. If it was on the Super Nintendo platform or the Sega Genesis platform, I think it would be not surprising to me. What is surprising is that for 1988, this is a very pretty game. Obviously, arcade technology was something that was a lot better than what was available console-wise. But we were only, uh, what, two years away from the Super Nintendo being released.
2: Yeah, in America. I think it was it was nine, 1990, Japan, ninety one here in America. Gotcha.
1: So, um, yeah, graphically, I agree. I like the color palette used. I, I like how the sprites are interpreted. The game mechanics um, kinetically feel good where the game falls short, and maybe why I didn't make the connection between Ghosts and Goblins in this game in my mind, although I do think that's a good comparison, is that Ghosts and Goblins is tough as nails. Although as you play, I feel like you get used to the pattern that's happening on the screen, and while there are moments that feel cheap, it does it's not overbearing on the overall experience of Ghosts and Goblins. Mm-hmm. Ghosts and Goblins is overbearing because it's just so goddamn difficult. It's it's old too. Like it has a lot
2: of this game's just old and has shit like, ooh, I went off to the screen to the side too much, and now I respawned this guy and I have to kill him again. Right. You and, know, it has dated things that also make it difficult as well.
1: Right. Willow, on the other hand. Has some of that happening with respawning enemies by mistake? Yes. But also the way that the enemies are placed feels intentionally cheap, where it's not so much it's difficult because it is difficult, but it's not difficult in the way of like, you need to learn this pattern. It's. There's no way you would have ever known that this was going to be the obstacle you're going to have to navigate in this particular moment. So what am I talking about? Climbing up platforms and having enemies that you cannot see jump down with their sword pointed down to spike you in the head. It's one thing if I can see the guy on the level above me jump down and do that. It's another thing when I'm on a platform just walking left and all of a sudden this dude comes from nowheresville at the top of the screen and comes striking down. Another moment that I felt was intentionally unfair. As Willow, when you're trying to divert these bomb guys from attacking you, Uh. they take so many hits if you haven't powered up your shot that not only do you have to worry about defeating them, but when their bombs hit the ground and explode, they kick up debris that will also hit you. So your window of where you can stand becomes smaller and smaller to the point where you can't move past it. Another example is these catacombs where the enemy is pushing a cement block with spikes on front of it that you cannot jump over or avoid and you have to break the blocks and also attack the enemy, which would be fine on its own. But then they also place an enemy behind you who can throw a projectile as well as have spikes falling from the ceiling.
2: Yep. So you're turning around, trying to hit the projectiles, destroy the thing in front of you. Up oh, the guy behind the spike wall thing on wheels also has axes he's throwing at you. Oh, you backed up too far. Well, now he respawned. So yeah. now you have to get past that giant wall
1: again. It is brutal. It does it's, have it's, a bit of an unfairness. And it's there's- brutally cheap. It's trying to steal your quarters. I will give it credit in the fact that there are checkpoints within each level. And as long as you're willing to keep putting quarters in the machine, you'll keep picking up where you left off. It's not going to bring you back to stage one if you're at stage four. No, and it keeps your upgrades as well. Correct. So if you bought
2: more life bars or you upgraded uh, Willow's magic or Mad Martigan's sword, you still have that, which increases on your charge bar uh, every time with more attacks, though. The last one for Willow, I don't know if it did anything because I didn't have it till the end and it made it look like there was just a big flash on the screen. So I imagine it might only be used against small enemies, like a screen Mm -hmm. clearing kind of attack. So. Because it wasn't working on the final boss, which I'll get to. But the most unfair thing, if you want to talk about fucked up things this game does to steal your quarters, you get to the last level. It's a castle stage. Let's keep in mind, again, two years before the Super Nintendo and a little game called Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. You get to the castle. You go through the first screen. You reach the end of the hall. There are two doors. Pick the wrong door. You start from the beginning. Pick the right door. You advance to the next room. Right. At the end of the next room, there are three doors. One leads back to the very, very first screen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One leads back to the beginning of the screen you just beat. And the third advances you forward. Cue the next room where at the end there are four doors. Do <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. So thankfully at the four-door one, there's one that takes you back to the first room, one that takes you to the second, one that
1: takes you <laughs> to the Four doors the- and seven years ago, I'm still playing this fucking game.
2: Yes, but yeah,
1: it... Ugh. <laughs>
2: It gets mean at the end. It gets very mean with just being like, you're going to give us your, your fucking quarters now, please.
1: Yeah, I hit a wall on stage four with the end boss there. And although the game does enough things to make it interesting, so I want to see what's going on in the stage. Like I'm thinking particularly of in the film Willow and Mad Mardigan, there's like a sledding scene where I believe they're on a, a uh, shield. And they're going through the snow. Am I correct mm-hmm. on this? Yeah.
2: Yes, and they, they adapt it a little in the game.
1: They adapt that in the game so it's like a little bit of a bonus stage yep. and you collect a lot of coins in that stage. That was awesome.
2: That is what part of makes it feel like a SNES game.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's like this another... is
2: not something an arcade game would do, would say like, hey, you just did that cool like riding on the back of the cart, which I really like that level a lot. I love... Back of carriage scenes and yeah. games and stuff. Like there's a great one in Castle Crashers and
1: again, they're cheap cool. moments with that because you're dealing with. You, uh, so what Keith's talking about is, I believe it's after the first full stage, you jump out of the back of a tavern window or something and you land. Yeah, it's on the, the, the
2: second the stage where you play Mad Mart again.
1: Right. So you're on the back of a wagon. You have to stay on the wagon. You can't jump on other people's horses. And what happens is you have people coming from the right and left. The people coming from the right are often easy to hit. The people coming from the left aren't if they use projectiles.
2: Oh, and they'll purposely stay away. You'll swing your sword and see them back up every time you swing it. Too. So
1: you have to charge your shot. But as you're charging your shot, other guys are coming in to attack you. So you use the charged shot and now the thing's shooting arrows at you. Again, intentionally cheap, but still interesting. Like it's a change up of... Just walking left to right or down to up and beating up enemies. It's diverse enough so it kept my attention. Where it was losing me was the difficulty. And also after like the second stage, all the baddies are pretty much exposed. You don't see any more new baddies until I think stage three where there's this I want to say Rygar-like enemy who swings a mace.
2: Yes, with a big shield.
1: shield. He's he's like the worst there is. Difficult. And if you try just to go past him, they intentionally make the gap between the next rock formation or island that you have to jump to too far, so you just drop in the water. You have to defeat this guy. He's almost like a, uh, a mini boss.
2: Yeah, he's a pain, and they do bring him back, uh, sometimes more than one of him later in the game. Right. He's probably the worst enemies do get. And I think he is one of the last ones you see, though. I really hate those bomb guys you mentioned before. It doesn't get much worse than where you you got to.
1: Six stages in total, which sounds short. Yeah. But because of the difficulty, I, I found that the stages did get shorter after the first two. Yeah. But they were just incredibly more difficult. So you're spending more time there. Yeah.
2: But Bev Morda, when you get to her, mm-hmm. it once again tries to remain so faithful to the movie and its presentation, you know, with the sledding scene on the shield, though in this it's that cart you crash and you ride down. Even if you just get to that and play up to the sledding thing, totally worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the enemies have way too much life first of all, the bosses, which make them very very difficult. You get her down to like three life left when you're fighting her, which is very difficult to move magic based attacks. You have to fight her as Willow because that's what happens in the movie, Yeah. which I just realized Willow doesn't have his wand at all. He just kind of shoots magic out of his hands. But yeah, yeah. once again, taking liberties to make the game more uh, stylish and fun. But um, so when she has very little life left, she flies up to the middle of the screen, which you have to do a higher jump, which with, which I think you, when you press hold, hold up and jump, you do a higher, a leap into the air so you can hit her. Yeah. And just like the movie, the whole time in the background, this urn with like this, it almost looks like a really tall, like ashtray on like s- skinny legs, like an old <laughs> one. you Anyway, she brings this like pot with legs to life in the movie to attack Willow. So in the game, that's her final last ditch effort is to bring this thing to life that you cannot kill. Right. Goes back and forth across the screen with very hard to dodge attacks. Almost impossible, I think. And you got to be lucky enough to get three more shots off on her before this thing kills you to then complete the game.
1: Oh, it's because it's, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And this isn't my final form. <laughs> it's like yeah. every, every last boss, there's got to be some bullshit in there where it's like, oh, guess what? You got to do this a little bit more.
2: Yeah. But instead in this, she's just like, I brought a pot to life. <laughs> I brought my ashtray. This ashtray is alive and will destroy you. Kill me before I kill the baby. So I like that there are items to power up your characters in this game. Yes, which we didn't even mention the weird looking bird owl man who is definitely not in the movie. <laughs>
1: no, but I wish he was because his too. character design is awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's like an owl birdman with a little hood who just is randomly in levels. I thought he was an enemy the first time I saw him. I was trying to shoot at him.
1: Totally could have had him in the film with prosthetics because when I saw him, I was just picturing Wildor from Masters of the Universe. I don't know why, but I'm picturing this little owl man going, the cosmic key. (laughs) That yes! goes because that's my friend, Anthony, who does like a spot on Wildor. Cosmic
2: but, uh, keyboard, you mean? Isn't
1: it? Cosmic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, man, I, I knew he wasn't in the film, but I, I wish he were. Uh, so you use the coins you collect to buy items to power up your characters, which you need to do.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah we mentioned the power ups, it's not the fact that the shopkeeper is, is a feathered an owl, face man. Owl yeah.
1: man or something. Oh, I would. Suggest looking at a FAQ for this game, believe it or not. Not something we normally recommend for an arcade game, but if you spend your money stupidly, (laughs) the game's going to be even more challenging. And oh, I set the dip switches to the easiest setting. So as I'm describing this game to Keith and the audience, I want everybody to be aware that I started playing and noticed how difficult the game was, and I wanted to get to the end. So I Purposely went in and changed the dip switches to give me the most life, give me the most vitality, make it the easiest it could possibly be. And still, even with those adjustments, the game is incredibly difficult. I did so, everything but the uh,
2: difficulties. I, I increased my my life bar and my amount of lives because originally the game gives you one death and you're dead. Mm-hmm. You die and you have to put another quarter in, which is really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Make sure your arcade has the dip switches set to give you uh, multiple lives.
1: Definitely do that. And like I said, check out an FAQ to find out what these items do, what they cost, so you can plan accordingly and you can budget. Because for Mad Mardigan, you're going to want to buy his swords. If you don't do that, the enemies just take forever to kill. And the same thing goes with the magic blasts. You want to power that up because I guess there's some sort of metric. Attached to those blasts. It increases the bar so you can
2: charge and do different attacks. But it also, I think, just makes your base attack more powerful as well.
1: Right. You need to do that. You're also going to want to invest in the different pendants and rings so you can absorb different hits or add bars to your health bar. or temporary ones. Yeah, deflect magic. It's going to help you. The game's still going to be tough.
2: Yeah, it doesn't make it any easier, but... It does have the sort of uh, bang your head at the wall, put enough coins in and eventually you'll get past it. Yeah. It, it, in the levels, once you get to the bosses, you do have to be a little strategic, especially when you get to the the giant uh, worms, which
1: felt r- very much like Mega Man bosses.
2: Yeah. They all look really cool, too. Like I said. Yeah, can- they
1: did a good job. I like the two headed penis that you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that
2: was also my favorite part in the movie, because that's <laughs> yes. when it really gets action packed is when they get to that castle. Yeah, they start fighting all those weird like creatures that live there. And the big fight happens with them attacking the castle. And then the giant worm monster comes out and yep. Val Kilmer's got to fight it. But first, he's got to tear himself away from that tray of hoagies they had over there. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, I'll touch on the music real quick, because I, I think it's important to mention it because it's there and somebody put time in, whether it's good, bad or ugly. Competent is what I'll give the, the music. It's Capcom. It's not the best I've heard from Capcom. But it's not bad. It's just competent. It does yeah, a good it's job a of making it. PS1
2: board epic. music. Like you hear it and you're like, oh yeah, this is late 80s, early 90s. It has that. But you don't hear it and think like, that's Willow.
1: No. It's, it's arcade music. It, yeah, it works. It, it didn't play the Willow theme. Yes. Willow's coming to fight. He's got some magic acorns. He's out of sight. You know that famous song from Willow? It sounds like it's from a Willow Saturday morning cartoon. (laughs) Oh, no. That would be like, Willow, he's going to fight the evil witch to save the baby girl. Willow, (laughs) learn from
2: a crazy old lady who turns into a goat. Willow, (laughs) (laughs) there's an owl mage man in this cartoon. Willow. (laughs) I think we forgot the two tiny guys. Why aren't they in this game, Willow? <laughs> <laughs> there were there were two tiny little men in the movie, right? I'm not like Are you right? talking about the pixies, or are you? Ta- yeah, are the they're little pixies guys too, right? Weren't they? Yeah. Okay. They should have been a power up or something.
1: I think the brownies were in the game.
2: The brownies? I, like,
1: I don't remember seeing the brownies
2: anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. The cave where you fight the dragon. Yeah. You didn't see the little? It, it looked like a little free man. And what you did was much like the treasure chests that are scattered throughout the game, which we failed to mention, uh, you attack the treasure chest to open them. And normally there's just gold inside. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little icon when you first came into stage three, where you're in the cave to fight the yellow dragon. Yes, the yellow dragon from the movie. I thought it was a free man, so I was hitting it, hitting it, and it kept making a noise. It eventually released, and the little brownie followed me and was throwing spears. Get out! I'm serious, but the thing is, he was so low to the ground... He couldn't hit the dragon, and then I died, and then he went away. And that was the one and only time I saw him. But the brownies are in the game. I completely missed that. That's awesome. I don't know if I did something to unlock it or if it's always there in that stage because it's very possible you walked right past it. It looked like nothing. Like Uh if you jumped into it, it didn't do anything. The only reason I knew that it was anything was because when I did an attack, it made a little chime for me to know that that's something.
2: That's so neat. I didn't notice that because I was too busy being astounded by the uh, stalagmites in the background that <laughs> looked like they had just been square clip arted into the background.
1: Yeah, there was some color thing happening. That could be because of emulation. Yeah, that, that could be was, that too. I was it, it looked like there was a difference between like 100% black and then like a rich black, which that's printing terminology, but basically one looks gray and one looks black. Yeah, it looked and, a little weird, but that might just be my arcade machine. So, I think we talked about everything we liked, disliked, and what we'd improve about the game. I would recommend this game to people who like Ghosts and Goblins, people who like Mega Man, but I don't think you're going to get very deep into it. I think you're going to get burnt out early, but it's worth uh, looking into. It is a two player alternating game. So, you know, if you've got a friend over and you want to show them a Willow game because they've never seen one before, I think this would probably be the easier of the two to get into, you know, quickly. I say, fans of Willow, go for it. Yeah, if you're fan if you're a Peck fan, oh my gosh, you're going to love this game. <laughs> Big fan of the Peck. Would you return to the game, Keith? I would love to
2: return to this game actually. Yeah, so maybe be, just you? finally beat Morda. It's fun. I don't now, know if I will unless end- somebody reminds me of Willow the arcade game at some
1: point in the future. Like I don't know if it'll cross my mind, but yeah, I don't see myself returning to the game. But before we leave, you saw the ending. Now you watched the ending. I I, so I had to all watch some orders dumped tonight. into this game. All the frustration, all the difficulty, this final battle with all the cheapness involved with it. What is the reward at the end, Keith?
2: Uh you get a nice end credit sequence with all those lovely pixel renditions of all the uh, movie characters. But now you get to see the baby. Oh, and OK. You get to see the baby before. So now you get to see the baby. And then you see a castle crumble, which may have been the one you're in. I'm going to guess it is. <laughs> so everyone died in the end. Yep. Then the castle crumbles. Everyone dies. The end. And that's it. Great. Yeah. Well, we also forgot to money. mention on the opening screen, it tells you to look for the game coming this summer.
1: Oh, that's right! But yeah, you're be, playing. Like I know they're trying to be cheeky, I guess, because it's like a, it's a, a movie theatrical game. Yeah. trailer yeah. in the yeah. It's that was stupid. That was stupid.
2: But that I was also like looked it Capcom up and was like, like, "Is this the wrong game? <laughs> is this a prequel <laughs> to Willow? What is going? What? Who messed with this? Yeah. There is another thing we need to do. We need to take a step back, relax, and find our center. And We need to, God damn it. I couldn't think of the right word there. Do a haiku? Yeah, do a haiku. I was trying to be fancy with it.
1: Yes, let's do our haikus. I would love to. Willow. Keith, would you like to go first? I'll go first. Okay.
2: One good thing to come from that bastard, George Lucas. Is this quite fun game? Very nice, Keith. Yeah, I decided to be nice this time. Okay,
1: here's my haiku. Val Kilmer is fat. Jesus Christ, have you seen him? Worst Batman ever.
2: But the best Mad Mardigan money <laughs> Best Mad Mardigan, yeah. I think this is one of his best roles, really.
1: Yeah, after this role, he kind of crawled up his own ass, was a dick. Yeah, he looks like a lot he was of enjoying directors. himself
2: in this movie, too.
1: You know? Yeah, and then... He pissed off enough people so that he went to obscurity. So, yeah. I, I, I'm not a big Val Kilmer fan because he kind of ruined the Island of Dr. Moreau. But there's oh, a he ruined that movie. Uh, Marlon Brando also. I like but, this little guy.
2: Put him in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's only in the movie for like one scene. I want him in the whole
1: movie. <laughs> it's amazing. Like you hear stories about Marlon Brando and how much of a dick he was, and how just people just ate his shit. Well, they put him on a pedestal you and he wasn't I mean? even he wasn't even good. He was good when he was young, but like he was not good at that age. I, I don't understand why anybody tolerated his nonsense. I guess retrospectively, it's easy to say that in the moment it was like it's Marlon Brando. Of course, we'll eat his shit. Anyway, let me remind everybody to review the show wherever they downloaded this podcast from. Tell a friend that helps, too. And, you know, a review is sometimes as easy as doing a click. Click on the fifth star only. Fifth star, and you can even just write a review and be like, "I love this show." That's all you got to say. <laughs> or it just, really "I love Willow." I love Willow. It makes no sense, but it doesn't matter. Just write a review. It helps us as long as it's positive. It helps our metric. On yeah, Stitcher you can also and uh, SoundCloud and and iTunes. We're on all of them, so make sure you get out there. Give us some points. Yeah, if you don't want to review,
2: you can always give us a shout-out on Twitter at WeTalkGames as well. We always appreciate a follow and a shout-out and stuff over there, too.
1: Yeah, and if you're not a part of it, uh, go check out our Facebook page, WTG Podcast. There's all sorts of things happening over there. You can check out the flyer associated with Willow. We always post the arcade flyers if we can find them and some other interesting art associated with the game. And sometimes there's discussion happening over there. But, yeah, be a part of the community. Let us know you're listening. And uh, if you have any recommendations that you would like Keith and I to vaguely talk about while making up Saturday morning cartoon themes for it.
2: Oh, can that be a new segment? We'll do Saturday morning cartoon
1: themes for the games. Yeah, I think if people get burned out immediately, like Gyrus, you're going to fly around the tube of space fighting aliens, Jairus. pole <laughs> position,
2: race the car. Wait, they did make a cartoon of that, though, didn't they?
1: I think it was one of these team up cartoons, if I remember correctly, like before Captain N the Game Master. There was these other ones. I yeah, know it was like the tomato was in one, but that's around the same time.
2: Yeah, It was like Hubert was driving the pole position car and the burger time guy had a No, I have no idea
1: if that doesn't exist. You've just made the most interesting Saturday morning cartoon that I wish did exist.
2: Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, pecs are people, too. Oh, geez. <laughs>
0: Necessary for her